Welcome to the Money Answers Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answers Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Larry Swedro. He is the Chief Research Officer at Buckingham Research, based in St. Louis. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Larry. Thanks for having me. Just give us a little bit of your background leading into where you are today at Buckingham Advisor. Sure. I spent most of my career in the investment banking world, advising some of the largest companies in the world on the management of all kinds of financial risk from interest rate to exchange risk. I ran large trading rooms for some of the largest financial institutions in the world, Citicorp and Prudential, uh, and I was vice chairman of the largest mortgage company in the country where I was also responsible for credit risk management. And for the last 25 years now, roughly, I've been the director of research for Buckingham Strategic Wealth, where we have about $31 billion, sorry, uh, $16 billion of assets under management and offices in about 30 cities around the country. And you've just come out with a new book called Your Complete Guide to a Successful and Secure Retirement. Why did you feel it was necessary to do that book with all the books that are out there about retirement these days? Yeah, uh, I think the, the answer is pretty simple. Uh, first of all, uh, despite its importance uh, with money being probably the third or fourth most important thing for most people outside of our family and health, and for some perhaps their religion, our education totally fails uh, the public on this issue of educating about finance. Uh, And while there are good books out there on some of the aspects of retirement planning, especially estate planning, uh, there are even some books that focus on the investment side. There was no good book, I felt, that really dealt with the broad spectrum of issues that are really required uh, to have a successful life, and that includes planning a life in retirement uh, and one that will have meaning and joy and bring happiness to someone. There were no books that dealt with now one of the great issues facing us, which is elder abuse. As we uh, get older and the criminals get more sophisticated and be able to abuse uh, the elderly with all kinds of scams, that's a problem, and the tax laws are complex, and then there are very important withdrawal strategies to help people. So I wanted to write a book uh, that dealt with all of the issues, and I uh, recruited an all-star team of experts in each of the various areas to help write the book. Very good. So let's just start on a broad basis. Uh, something like 10,000 people a day in America are turning 65, So lots of people, the baby boom is retiring all the time. Are most people pretty well prepared for retirement? Most people not prepared? What is the state of people as they enter retirement these days? Well, from the research that's out there, uh, sadly, most people are very poorly prepared for retirement. Uh, They have not saved enough. They fail to understand that they have to plan now for a much longer retirement because uh, medical science has advanced greatly. Uh, when I was a young man, I hardly knew anyone over the age of 75, yet today the second-to-die life expectancy of the average 65-year-old couple is almost to age 90. That means half the time, one of the two will live longer than that, which means you really need to be planning for 30 years not maybe 10, which was the case, say, 40 or 50 years ago. Uh, Secondly, what uh, most people fail to understand is we just lived through a golden age where the standard 60-40 portfolio using, say, the S&P 500 uh, and um, intermediate treasury bond portfolio uh, would have returned 10% a year. Uh, most financial economists would tell you the expectation is that you should expect about half of that because stock valuations are roughly double their historical average and bond yields are less than half their historical average. So you need to 
have a larger pot of money because your expected returns are a lot lower and you need that pot of money to last a longer time. And we're also facing now a third big hurdle, which is the longer you live, the longer, sorry, the larger the odds that you will need long-term extended medical care, which can get quite expensive and you need to plan for that. Uh, this is a real problem that I don't think most investors are one aware of, let alone prepared for. So we use the introduction in the book to discuss these issues and the consequences. So if most people are getting to retirement without having saved enough, they're not earning enough because of low bond yields, what is happening to these people today and what's going to happen to the many baby boomers to come as they get to retirement and are not prepared financially to do so. What's going to happen to these people? Well, they will live a life that may not be as satisfying for them. They will probably have to work a lot longer than they expect. They won't be able to retire. They may not achieve their financial goals. Uh, They may not be able to leave uh, uh, an estate for heirs that they might like to otherwise. Uh, These are all serious issues, which is why we wrote the book, to help them figure out how they can increase their chances of living a meaningful and happy life in retirement because they would have uh, had the right financial plans in place. What you just described are what you call the four horsemen of the retirement apocalypse, high valuations, low bond yields, increased longevity, and the risk of long-term care. But you say there's potentially a fifth horseman out there. What, What is that? That's the fact that, uh, sadly, our politicians don't have the coverage to face up to the fact that Social Security in about another 13 years will be unable to meet its obligations. Uh, It won't go bankrupt, as many people fear, but it will only be able to pay out about three-quarters of its promised benefits. So if you want to be conservative, and if Social Security you're expecting to receive from them, say, 40000 a year, uh, today you should really only count on 30000 uh, and not the forty. Now, that may turn out to be too conservative. There's still time for Congress to act, but if you want to be conservative, at least that should be considered. In the current political climate, do you see there's a potential consensus that could uh, deal with Social Security? And also Medicare, which is actually running into a crisis sooner than Social Security. Yeah, well, Social Security is really not that difficult uh, to resolve. And Congress did uh, summon up the courage in the 80s uh, under Reagan. We got a bipartisan agreement, and similar actions would work today. We need to do a combination of a few things, raise the age of retirement, or at least full retirement, somewhat, maybe a couple of years. Uh, you should, we will, uh, will also need to raise the tax rate, perhaps slightly, and raise uh, the amount of income that is subject to that tax. And if you do all three things moderately, we can solve that problem, I believe, pretty easily. Uh, Medicaid is the much uh, bigger problem, uh, and that's going to require much more difficult choices. Do you mean Medicare or Medicaid? Yeah, Medicare, right, and Medicaid combined, right. So so tell us about what, what is the financial condition of Medicare and what would need to be done to shore it up financially? Well, uh, it's just uh, not funded properly because when you create programs such as that, the general, generally what happens is people underestimate the demand for the services because once something is, quote, is free, available, then demand rises. People are living a lot longer than was originally expected, and we haven't kept the funding up to meet the now more expensive treatments are available, the longer lifespans that are required, and that's going to require significant tax increases or cuts in other spending to solve that problem. Uh, And certainly today I'm not that optimistic on that front, uh, which creates other issues. It's most likely what will happen is we'll, my view, is see more ration care Uh, just like we see in Europe, where people who need surgeries uh, 
perhaps a heart transplant. Once you get to a certain age, they'll say, sorry, you're not eligible for it because we can't pay it. I think that's a virtual certainty of where we're headed in the current political environment, just like some states have already begun to implement. On the other hand, there's a big political movement towards Medicare for all and lowering and wiping out the age, not just 65, but you'd have it for your entire... What, what do you think of the financial feasibility of Medicare for all? Well, uh, the answer is simple. It's always easy to promise benefits uh, without funding them. Uh, if you go ahead and implement it, uh, you won't be able to fund it in any realistic way without huge tax increases. Uh, they're just not enough high-income people to, to pay those taxes. You're going to have to impose significant taxes like they have in Europe on the middle classes. And it's sad that the people who propose this are unwilling to admit that that's the case. It's fine to propose it, and maybe they're right, and maybe you believe they're right, but at least tell the truth about what it will take to fund it. So what do you think is actually going to happen? I mean, this is a very popular issue today. What do you think is going yeah. to be happening in the healthcare arena, both with Medicare and with uh, the below 65 healthcare? Well, uh, let me try to answer the question this way. Uh, I consider myself uh, an, an expert in finance, but I don't have a clear crystal ball. Uh, my mind, all, all I have are balls made out of crystal, so I can't tell you I'm not a prognosticator. And the history of prognostications, uh, the science shows there are literally no good forecasts. So uh, I'm going to stay away from that, but I'm not optimistic. We will continue to punt uh, that down the road as long as they can, and eventually we'll end up with a big problem. It would be my best guess then of ending up more looking like uh, the Italys of the world uh, where you have massive debt, and that will slow down the country's ability to grow unless there's a change in the system. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Larry Swedro. Uh, he is Chief Research Officer at Buckingham Research, based in St. Louis. Uh, his new book is called uh, Your Complete Guide to a Successful and Secure Retirement. You can find out more about him at his website, buckinghamadvisor.com. We'll be back after this. You may not be, you may not be the greatest at getting places early especially when traveling and getting to the airport early enough to avoid that I-might-miss-my-flight anxiety. That's why I'm excited about the newest sponsor of the Money Answers Show, Clear. Using Clear reduces your stress big time because you bypass those long security check-in lines, so you never have to run to your gate again. Clear helps you get through security with a tap of your fingers so you can get to your lane faster. Clear replaces the need for physical ID cards because the system recognizes your eyes and fingerprints to get you through security quickly. Create your account online before going to the airport. Once you get there, a Clear Ambassador helps you finish the process. Then you can immediately use Clear. Clear helps you get through security faster in more than 40 airports and stadiums across the country, with more being added every day. If you're traveling with your family, up to three family members can be added at a discounted rate and kids under 18 are free when traveling with a CLEAR member. I remember vividly when I was taking a flight out of Las Vegas, and the line of security would have taken at least an hour to get through, but I breezed right to the gate using CLEAR. Another time when I was coming home from Orlando, I zoomed right past hundreds of screaming kids with all their Disney costumes on to get to my flight in plenty of time. CLEAR is absolutely the best way to get through airport security. It works great with TSA PreCheck, too. Right now, listeners to The Money Answer Show can get two free months of Clear uh, by going to clearme.com slash moneyanswers and use the code moneyanswers. That's C-L-E-A-R-M-E dot com slash moneyanswers and use moneyanswers for your free two months of Clear.
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Larry Swedro. Uh, he is the Chief Research Officer at Buckingham Strategic Wealth, based in St. Louis, and author of the new book, Your Complete Guide to a Successful and Secure Retirement. Welcome back to the show, Larry. Great to be with you. You talk about nine planning errors to avoid, so let's go through, go through those quickly. The first one is what you call sequence risk. What do you mean by that? When you're accumulating, the order of returns doesn't matter much. Uh, however, once you retire and you begin to withdraw money, the order of returns matters greatly because if you are withdrawing from a declining portfolio like in 2008, when the market recovers, the assets you spent can't recover and you can very quickly run out of money. Uh, so a great example, if you retired in 73, uh, the next 50 years, roughly, you got a 7% real return from stocks. So you would think you could take 7% of your portfolio every year out, adjust it upward for inflation, and you would last because you know with certainty you're going to get that 7%. The fact is, if you did that, you would have been bankrupt in nine years without any assets at all, because the first two years were down about 40%, inflation was high, and very quickly you ran out of money. That is why sequence risk becomes so important and why you need to become more conservative, but not too conservative, once you retire. Your second risk is underestimating needs. How should you accurately estimate what you're going to need to spend in retirement? Well, generally, the rule of thumb is somewhere around 80% of the money you're spending uh, while you're working. Uh, but I would add this. As you get much older, say, to, into your middle 80s, then people who have sufficient assets to travel and like to spend probably are going to be spending less because they're not as physically able. They won't eat out as much. They won't spend as much on clothing. On the other hand... You have to be careful because that's just when your cost of medicine uh, and medical care uh, will rise. So that's kind of a reasonable number, I think. But every person needs to look at their own individual spending needs uh, and make sure they don't turn desires into needs because if you do that, you'll have to increase the amount of risk you're taking to generate that larger portfolio. The third mistake is to overestimate your ability to continue working. I mean, people are working into their 70s and even later these days. So is that uh, something people should not think is going to happen? Well, if you're depending on it as opposed to a choice, you have to be careful because in your particular case, it may be that your health does not allow for that. Uh, So while you may want to work, uh, there are risks that you may not be able to, so you have to become conservative. It may even be that there are family issues. Many of us who are even 65 now have parents still alive, and we may not be able to continue working because we may need to care for them. Uh, So even that can become an issue. Also, becoming too conservative, now particularly with 
yields on cash very low and bonds very low. What is the problem with being too conservative in today's market? Yeah, as we touched on in the first segment, uh, 30, 40 years ago, you had a plan for maybe a 10-year retirement or 15 at most. Today, you have to make that money last, uh, say, 30 years, and therefore, with a much longer horizon, uh, you need to be a little more aggressive uh, and take more equity risks to try and achieve sufficient assets to last 30 years versus 10 or 15. Do you think the low interest rates we have today are going to last for the long term? Like I said, my crystal ball is cloudy, uh, uh, but it's certainly possible that it could happen, and so people shouldn't, you know, uh, be too aggressive there. Nobody thought 30 years later Japanese interest rates would still be about zero, but they are. Nobody thought, including me, that we would see interest rates, you know, in the 2% area uh, for U.S. Uh, bonds when we have 2% inflation and 3% growth, and it's 10 years after the financial crisis. Historically, with those kind of numbers, we would expect to see bond yields in the 5% range. Uh, so this is why I tell people, be careful about forecasts. They generally have very little value if they're based on somebody's opinion. And you say that people underestimate the tax rate. I mean, taxes have come down. Uh, we've had several tax effects, and, and po- politically it's very difficult to raise taxes. Why are people underestimating uh, future tax rates? Well, first of all, we're sitting on record uh, budget deficits, and, it's, uh, and we're also now reaching a point where we can't really afford to finance those deficits, rapidly approaching it, because you don't want to have a debt-to-GNP ratio exceeding 100%, uh, because then you can't finance it. The markets will stop lending you, or they will charge you very high interest rates. That's what happens to countries like Argentina and Brazil. Uh, so... Uh, tax rates could very easily be half to raise. I think if I, while I said my crystal ball is pretty cloudy, I would, if I had to venture a bet, I would say certainly the odds greatly favor much higher tax rates in the future than even slightly lower tax rates. And secondarily, once you, people who have larger IRA accounts and then they get their Social Security and their required RMDs, they may think they'll be in a low tax rate environment, but often they find that they are in a higher tax rate environment, at least higher than they expected. The next risk is failing to provide for a spouse. You're saying spouses have not earned as much during their lives, and if uh, the primary bedwinner dies, there's not enough left over for the spouse? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they may not have cared for that, even in my father's case. Uh, he had a pension at his company uh, that he signed on before he was married, never went and looked back at it, and he never checked the box that said second to die. So when he died, my mother was un- ineligible for that uh, pension. Sadly, people don't take the time to review their estate planning documents on a regular basis to make sure those kinds of things don't happen. We've even seen cases like this, Jordan. Young man gets married, quickly divorces, uh, remarries. 30 years later, he's got three kids, and he dies and guess who's the beneficiary of the IRA? First wife. Well, first, and first too wife, late, so you change the change. beneficiary. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no one ever changed the beneficiary. It's really critical that people sit down on a regular basis with whoever is responsible for preparing and keeping updated their estate plan, which could be an attorney or it could be their financial advisor. That's something we do on a regular basis with all our clients, making sure there's any life events have occurred that all the estate planning documents reflect that. Then your next risk is taking withdrawals from the wrong location. What do you mean by that? So we have three types of accounts, a taxable account, we have a tax-advantaged account, and then you have a tax-free account. The IRA traditional accounts 
are your tax advantage. You don't pay the tax until you withdraw. Uh, and then the Roth account is you never pay a tax because you paid the tax on the money going in in the first place. So choosing the order of returns is important. And generally, what a mistake that people can make is they want to minimize the tax in the current year instead of minimizing taxes over the long term. Uh, And so you have to make sure you're considering that. But the general rule of thumb is to keep the benefits of withdrawal or permanently tax-free, you want to begin withdrawing from your taxable account first. So say you retire at age 62, um, you have enough wealth, you retire and you choose not to take Social Security, uh, which would be the right decision. That's getting very cheap longevity insurance. Delay it as long as you can, which is the 70 and a half, and start to draw down on your taxable account uh, and allow the other assets to grow in your IRA or Roth uh, tax-free. Or maybe consider also taking minimal amounts uh, out of your IRA so that you're paying taxes at the lowest brackets rather than delaying everything and by doing so and waiting till you get Social Security, you now may end up paying higher taxes because you have a bigger amount to withdraw from. So these are really complex issues. You need to sit down with a good financial planner who can run different scenarios. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Larry Swedrow. Uh, He is the Chief Research Officer at Buckingham Strategic Wealth, based in St. Louis. You can find out more about him and his firm at buckinghamadvisor.com. We'll be back after this. You may not be the greatest at getting places early, especially when traveling and getting to the airport early enough to avoid the I-might-miss-my-flight anxiety. That's why I'm excited about the newest sponsor of the Money Answer Show, Clear. Using Clear reduces your stress big time because you bypass those long security check-in lines, so you never have to run to your gate again. Clear helps you get through security with a tap of your fingers so you can get to your gate faster. Clear replaces the need for physical ID cards because the system recognizes your eyes and fingerprints to get you through security quickly. Create your own account online before going to the airport. Once you're there, a Clear ambassador helps you finish the process then you can immediately use Clear. Clear helps you get through security faster in more than 40 airports and stadiums across the country, with more being added every day. If you're traveling with your family, up to three family members can be added at a discounted rate, and kids under 18 are free when traveling with a Clear member. I remember vividly when I was taking a flight out of Las Vegas, and the line of the security would have taken at least an hour to get through, but I breezed right to the gate using Clear. Another time I was coming home from Orlando, I zoomed past hundreds of screaming kids with all their Disney costumes on to get to my flight in plenty of time. Clear is absolutely the best way to get through airport security. It works great with TSA PreCheck, too. Right now, listeners to the Money Answer Show can get their first two months of Clear for free. Go to clearme.com slash moneyanswers and use code moneyanswers. That's C-L-E-A-R-M-E dot com slash money answers and use the code money answers for your first two months of clear for free. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Larry Swedrow. He is the Chief Research Officer at Buckingham Strategic Wealth, based in St. Louis. You can find out more about him at his website, buckinghamadvisor.com. And his new book is called Your Complete Guide to a Successful and Secure Retirement. Welcome back to the show, Larry. Great to be with you. So one thing people should think about is the kind of life they want to live in retirement, not just the financial aspects, but what they're going to do with their time. What kind of advice do you have on planning for what to do with yourself in retirement when you don't have your job anymore? Yeah, it's really uh, sad that you know nobody would start a business without a business plan, but with 30 years ahead of you, if you retire at 65, you've got to plan for that at least. Most people don't sit down and think about having a plan that would give meaning and purpose and fulfillment to their lives. And the sad result is, I think most of your listeners will be shocked to hear, the highest suicide cohort in the United States is today retired men because at work, that is where they get their social connections often. They get their sense of fulfillment and purpose for a job well done. Those things disappear. Uh, and without a plan to replace those things, to give their life meaning and purpose and have social connections, they end up sitting in front of a TV watching some reality TV show. And on top of that, the highest divorce cohort in the United States is what is called the silver divorces, the problem being I married you for better or worse but not for lunch problem. And so the, the spouses didn't plan on being together and on top of each other, and if you don't have a plan to deal with that, uh, divorce can often result. So I recommend people uh, read the book, Your Retirement Quest, by the uh, Keith uh, Allen Spector, who helped me write the chapter on the book, to help you develop a plan that will give meaning and purpose and passion to your life. You have a chapter specifically about issues in retirement unique to women. What are some of the issues that women specifically have to deal with uh, that men typically do not have to deal with in retirement? Yeah, this is a real problem that everyone needs to focus on, or at least the women do. Uh, If you're a spouse, you should care as well. Uh, First, women tend to earn less. Uh, than men, so they have a smaller pool of money. Uh, they, for better or worse, they tend to live longer than men, an average of two plus years. So you need to make that smaller pot of money last even longer. They tend to have fewer years of earned income, uh, likely because they are taking more time out to have children. And often when parents need to have, uh, uh, their care, you know, be addressed by one of the spouses. Most typically today, it's the wife who uh, ends up taking care of the elder parents, taking them again out of the workforce, uh, and they tend to start investing later. All those things combine to make it much more difficult for women. And then you add one last fact: they tend to be more subject, targeted for elder abuse. By crooks. Oh, and one other thing, uh, partly because they have a smaller pool to choose from, if they get divorced or become a widow, they are much less likely than men to remarry, and two people can live, of course, cheaper than one. So you add up all these issues, women really need to make sure that they plan effectively to address each one of them. You also do have a chapter on elder abuse. Uh, is this mostly by scammers, or is this by family members taking advantage of their elderly parents? Well, sadly, it's both, uh, and it may, in fact, be even more family members uh, as well. In the chapter, uh, Carolyn Rosenblatt, who helped me write uh, that chapter, she's probably the nation's expert on this subject. Uh, we cite many cases where she's been brought in, um, that where it's been children or spouses uh, even who have taken advantage 
uh, you know, of the elderly, especially if you have an older man marrying a younger woman who gets control of the bank accounts. Uh, but we've seen many cases where children abuse it either because they have drug problems or business problems or whatever, and the parents uh, either have to end up subsidizing them or the kids end up stealing the money one way or another, especially when you get cognitive decline and it's easy to take advantage. So you have to prepare for that in the documents, making sure you've chosen somebody who you trust, put controls on to make place that your estate cannot be ripped off, if you will. There's recently been an act called the SECURE Act, it went through the House with a huge majority. It looks like it'll get through the Senate. Uh, do you think that'll make it easier for people to save for retirement? Um, well, one, it will allow people to delay Social Security till I think, age 72 from 70 and a half. So for those of you who are still able to work, uh, that certainly is a positive. You By, uh, by delaying it, um, you know, I'm so, uh, sorry, not Social Security, I think. It's the uh, it's IRA deduction. Correct. Yeah, taking money girls. out of your, your IRA accounts. So that will right. allow them to continue to grow, uh, and you can continue to contribute as well to them. So that's a plus from that side. That's recognizing we're living longer, and, you know, therefore we should be looking for things that could be done. But they also shouldn't will be looking to raise the age of Social Security for the same reasons. You can't expect to fund longer retirements and more expensive medical care on a system that was based on people living maybe 10 years, when now they're living much longer than that. Another thing you talk about are HSAs, health savings accounts. Uh, what are the advantages of HSAs and why should somebody open one? Not only should they open one, but they probably shouldn't spend from them uh, because an HSA uh, allows you to invest as well. Uh, you can put money into that account to pay for medical expenses at some point. So let's say you were able to put in $5,000 into an HSA and you had $2,000 in medical expenses this year, you could pay it out of the HSA. The alternative would be to pay it out of your other dollars, your taxable account, leave the full 1000 in, and then it will grow tax-free until later in your life when you need to withdraw it. That's a huge advantage, gaining that tax deferral for maybe another 20, 30, 40 years. You also have a section on long-term care insurance where there have been fewer players in that field and the premiums have gone up dramatically. Do you think it still makes sense for people to buy standalone long-term care insurance? That's a good question. For some people, if you're very wealthy, say net worth four or five million or more, you probably don't need it. For those who have a net worth of under, say, a million, you probably can't afford it. Uh, you just don't have enough discretionary income. At least that's a possibility. For those in between, it's at least worth considering uh, looking at it. And the way we do it is we run a Monte Carlo analysis showing you what are your odds of running out of money if you buy the insurance and don't need it versus not buying it and ending up needing it. Now, the problem is here people dramatically underestimate their potential need for long-term care. More than 50% of the population who is today 65 at some point will need some long-term care. So it's a tricky one because it's become so expensive, but it's at least worth considering. It's expensive because people are living longer and costs are going up. So you're going to face that higher longevity and higher expenses. Either you're going to fund it yourself or you'll buy insurance and pool the risk. So you also talk about life insurance. People have had policies for a long time. When does it make sense to drop a policy when the premiums have gone up to levels that aren't affordable for people? Well, for life insurance, uh, 
you only should buy life insurance if you have a need for it. Uh, so the typical need is to replace income. Once you're reaching the age of your children are out of uh, and out on their own, they've graduated from college, uh, and you may have enough assets at that at some point to fund retirement for your, you and your spouse. Uh, should you pass away, then you should stop paying life insurance premiums. Uh, that's a good general rule. If it's got a cash value, you should at least consider cashing that in, stop paying the premiums uh, as well. Very often we see that's the case, that people have more insurance than they need. So those are the kind of analysis. I wouldn't make any blanket recommendations, but you do want to sit down with somebody who's not an insurance salesman and have them run the numbers and see what's the best strategy for you. Does it make and sense today, to sell it? By the way, there are policies that have life insurance and long-term care combined. So if, if you need the money to pay for the long-term care, then you could take it out of that policy reducing the death benefit. Those are newer policies and also worth looking at. Does it make sense to sell your life insurance policy in the life settlement market instead of letting it lapse? Uh, You know, that's a, a question you should sit down with an expert again who is unbiased, uh, uh, who will look at that. That's an expensive way to get out of a policy, but sometimes there may not be a good alternative way to fund your retirement, especially if you have medical expense needs. But that market is a very expensive one to uh, to deal with. So it's one of the kind of last resorts, but it doesn't mean it shouldn't be considered. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Larry Swedro. He is the Chief Research Officer at Buckingham Strategic Wealth, based in St. Louis. You can find out more about him in his book, which is called Your Complete Guide to a Successful and Secure Retirement, at his website, buckinghamadvisor.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Larry Swedro. He is the Chief Research Officer at Buckingham Strategic Wealth in St. Louis. His website, buckinghamadvisor.com, and his book, is called Your Complete Guide to a Successful and Secure Retirement. Welcome back to the show, Larry. Glad to be here with you. So some other topics in your book, reverse mortgages. When does it make sense to do a reverse mortgage, and when does it not make sense? Yeah, reverse mortgages are another one of these products that are expensive, should not be a first choice uh, to help fund your retirement, but is an option worth considering when other avenues are not available. Uh, they're just uh, very high origination expenses, um, so you want to avoid it if you uh, can. However, you may have a situation where you have your home is fully paid for uh, and you need long-term care and you don't want to go to a 
hospital or a medical care facility. You want to die with dignity, perhaps in your home. Uh, and so you can take out uh, money to fund that uh, expenditure through a reverse mortgage, and you can never be kicked out of the home. Um, and uh, the payments will be made upon sale of the house, either upon your death or when you decide to leave the home. You cannot move without paying off uh, the reverse mortgage. So it can be an attractive option, especially if you think you're going to need the asset for a long time. You have the whole that argument of... spread out the costs of the origination over a number of years. Yes. You have the whole argument of active versus passive management, or index funds versus actively managed funds. Where do you come out on that argument? Well, it's pretty simple. Uh, if you want to put the odds in your favor, you should avoid active management like the plague. Uh, so 20 years ago, 20% of active managers were generating statistically significant outperformance against proper benchmarks. Uh, within the last 10 years, that number is down to about 2%, and that's pre-tax. And since taxes are the highest cost of active management, the odds are about 1% uh, of your outperforming an index. Now, if you're going to use active managers despite that advice, here's two ways you can improve the odds, although never putting them in your favor. Have active funds that have index-like expense ratios, uh, and number two, they have index-like turnover rates because it's not just the expense ratio that matters. It's the turnover and trading costs and tax inefficiencies that result. So if you're going to use active funds, make sure they meet those two criteria. So index-like, at least, expense ratios and index-like turnover. You talk about the incredible shrinking alpha. Alpha is the extra return you get over the index. Why has alpha been shrinking so much? Well, there's a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, some of them are a bit complex. I wrote a book uh, called The Incredible Shrinking Alpha that highlights four. Uh, let see if we can run through them quickly. So first of all, 50 years ago, you could buy, or even 40 years ago, you could buy value stocks, meaning cheap stocks that sold at low P.E. ratios, and you would have, on average, beat the market by, let's say, 3 or 4% a year, and you could claim alpha. Today, or even since 1993, uh, when uh, two professors, Farmer and French, wrote a paper demonstrating that if you bought value stocks, you got that risk premium, uh, that you can no longer claim alpha. That's just what's called beta or exposure to some factor. So I can own a in value index fund that gives me that same exposure. So you, you have to compare if you're an active value investor to, an active, uh, to a value index fund, not to the S&P 500 or a total market. Same thing true with small stocks. So you can't claim outperformance simply by buying small stocks as Peter Lynch did in the 60s and 70s uh, ever since 1993 when this Farmer French three-factor model came into being. Uh, you no longer could do that. And today there are other factors. So what's happened is the academics have studied the great active managers like Warren Buffett who bought value companies that were cheap and also more profitable. So now you have what's called the quality or profitability factor. And there are index funds that focus on those. They buy the same types of stocks as Warren Buffett buys, only they buy all of them that fit that criteria. And the research shows if you did that, you match Warren Buffett's returns over the last 20 years or more since these factors were discovered. So that's, what I, that's the first thing that's happened Active managers don't have these sources of income or alpha any longer. Second big thing is the competition is getting tougher. Seventy years ago, Jordan, 90% of trading was done by individuals like you and me. That made it easy for the Buffets of the world to exploit us. 
Today, 90% plus of trading is done by the institutions. When Goldman Sachs is trading, who's on the other side? It's not me or you. 90% plus of the time, it's Morgan Stanley, Warren Buffett, or other sophisticated investors. Who's the sucker at the poker table you're exploiting in order to win? Because it's a zero-sum game outperforming even before expenses. Those are the two biggest reasons the third is the remaining competition is getting tougher and tougher because 30 years ago, most active managers uh, might have been trained as uh, English professors and got training at a, uh, at a financial institution. Today, literally everybody who's managing money has a Ph.D. in physics or math. They're quants, and they are aware of all of the academic research. So that's who your competition is. It's just much, much tougher to outperform and gain an advantage over such skilled investors. That's the, those are the big key factors why alpha is getting tougher and tougher to generate. Great. You have a, a chapter on annuities. That's both fixed annuities and variable annuities. When is it appropriate to put some money in an annuity? Yeah, annuities are something that's dramatically underused. Uh, investors uh, or individuals, once they reach about their mid-70s or so, uh, their mortality credits you get by pooling your you know, the longevity risk. Some people die early and don't need the annuity. Uh, if you happen to be the one living longer, then you benefit from that. The insurance companies give you what's called a mortality credit uh, that you can't earn in any other way. So if you are in a situation where you don't really have quite enough money to get you over that hurdle and feel financially secure, protect yourself against living longer than you might expect, then annuity is a great, cheap way to do it. But you only want to buy payout annuities, avoid all variable annuities, and you want to buy, in my opinion, by a deferred annuity, uh, starting a payments maybe at age 80 or 85, not at 70 or 75. You should be budgeting for that. And annuities are buying insurance, and we don't budget for oil. Sorry, we don't buy insurance for an oil change on our car. We budget for that. And similarly, you should budget for your life expectancy, and then buy insurance for the part that live longer than expected, and yeah. so that makes it much cheaper to buy the deferred annuity because you're covering a much shorter period. In the two minutes or so we have left, why don't you kind of sum up the difference it'll make if people take your advice about retirement instead of what a lot of people are doing, which is not planning adequately? Well, if you, there's an old saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. The consequences are almost unthinkable. It's like, okay, I may end up eating cat food if I don't plan well. And that's why it's so important not to delay. Sit down, whatever your situation is, and you can still make the best of the remaining time that you have and increase the odds that you can have a financially secure retirement. And that's why I wrote the book, to help people do that. Lots of checklists throughout the book to help people figure out what they need to do. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Larry Swedro. He's Chief Research Officer at Buckingham Strategic Wealth in St. Louis. His book that we've been discussing is Your Complete Guide to a Successful and Secure Retirement. You can find out more about him at his website, buckinghamadvisor.com. Thanks so much for being a great guest on The Money Answer Show, Larry. It's truly my pleasure, Jordan. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.